Well, guys, I'm in James chapter 3, really fun chapter in the Bible, uh, first 12 verses. Um, I warn you in advance, you may not like it, but uh, just, just gird up your loins, okay? It's kind of part of the deal. Um, we're going to talk about our mouths this morning. We're going to talk about our tongues, and it's important. It's really, really important, especially in the world we live in, uh, where our tongues have taken on digital forms. And uh, so... Uh, join me um, as we read the Word of God together. I'm in James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Uh, James says, Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they're guided actually by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though, the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Encouraging words. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. He says, does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring yield fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. Um, so three things I want to share with you this morning in regards to uh, our tongue, to our mouth, to our words. And, and uh, here's, here's where we're going to begin, guys. I want you to know that even though our tongue is a small part of our body, it possesses great power to affect others. Okay? Even though our tongue is a really small part of our body, it actually possesses great power uh, to affect others, to have influence on others. I, I don't know who it is uh, that wrote the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, but I'm pretty sure they had a hearing problem, right? Because we know uh, through experience that words are extremely hurtful. And, and we know that our words matter, right? Our words matter, uh, especially as Christ followers, amen? Okay? Our words matter. And so James begins this letter uh, reminding his audience, and, and remember he's kind of the head of the Jerusalem church, and so he's reminding his audience that the goal of the Christian life is spiritual maturity, right? And so he begins in chapter 1 talking about that maturity. He says, hey, you're only going to get mature by going through hard things. And oh, by the way, as you go through the hard things, here's the key to maturity. You have to do what the Bible says. You can't just hear the Word of God. You've got to put it into practice. And, and a little piece of that in chapter 1 that maybe we, we flew right by, maybe when you read it you missed it, is, is that he said this. He says part of this maturity thing is you've got to be uh, you've got to be slow to speak, right? 
quick to listen, slow to speak. And then he says, and, and don't just be hearers of the word, but do what it says. And what James was giving us there in chapter 1 was kind of a hint to a major part of this spiritual maturity thing, which is actually uh, involves our mouths, right? That a big part of, of me being who God wants me to be is me using my mouth the way that God wants me to use my mouth, right? And, and, and uh, he begins this argument in verse 2, chapter 3. He says, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone doesn't stumble uh, in what he says, he's mature. Okay, so again, the book is about spiritual maturity. That's the point of the Christian life. And he says, so listen, if you don't stumble in what you say, that in my book, he's saying that's a big part of maturity. And it has to do with this. If you do that, that's like you have control over the whole body. So controlling your speech is a huge part of spiritual maturity, according to James, although it's going to be something supernatural because he says, uh, like, hey, no human can do that on their own and by themselves. Now, uh, so then he goes on to talk about the power of our words. The power of our words. He's going to use lots of images. We'll get in the first two here. In verse uh, 3 through 5, he says, Now if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. We, we, we direct the whole body by putting a bit in there. And, and consider ships, though, very large, and, and they're actually driven by fierce winds. That's the driving force. Uh, they're actually guided by a very small rudder uh, wherever the will of the pilot directs them, so too, though, the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. So tongue, very, very small. Uh, if you want to know how small your tongue is, uh, average human tongue weighs about 70 grams. All right? Now, I'm not going to talk about how much the average human weighs, but I'll do just a little basic math. Um, so so if, we, if we kind of factored in, you know, average American uh, you know, weight. Uh, that means that your tongue actually makes up less than 0.1% of your body weight. Less than 0.1%. That's what your tongue actually makes up. And yet, that little thing in your mouth, right, has the power, it uh, uses twice in the verse, to direct, right? To, to direct. You put a bit in the mouth of a horse and it directs it. Well, what is a horse? A horse, hello, uh, one of the strongest animals you'll ever meet, Right? I mean, that's where we, we get, that's how we now talk about cars and trucks. Well, how many horsepower do you have? Right, because it's a powerful animal. Runaway horse, do great damage. Run people over, kill them, trample them, right? Not good, okay? Same thing, runaway boat, not good, right? Not good. So both of those things need either a strong hand controlling the bet or a strong hand controlling the rudder, right? By the way, that hand's not yours. You're not as strong as you think, okay? We're going to need something else. We're going to need some greater help. And so we just have to begin with this, this truth that our tongue is really small. Let's be honest, in the Christian world, in the Christian life, we don't think about it a whole lot unless we have a cussing problem. Right? Being honest. I mean, we, we definitely don't like to talk about lying or gossip, right? Or coarse joking or other things we use our mouth for, right? We don't like that, Okay. This, this little thing in us, it's very small, but it has the power, right, to direct. It has the power to direct. And because it has the power to direct, it can have great influence over other people. All right? That's why it's so dangerous. 
That's, that's, that's the point that he's making. Like, hey, in the Jerusalem church, lots of people wanted positions of power. They wanted influence. So they kind of wanted to be teachers. He's like, hey, you don't really want to be a teacher because you have this thing inside of you that has the power to greatly influence others and you don't have control over it, right? And so part of Christian maturity, being who God wants us to be, involves learning how to get control over this thing. So we begin, even though our tongue is a small part of our body, it possesses great power to affect others. Number two, it's where we move. So we have to understand that our words can damage, defile, and destroy. They can damage, defile, and destroy. Or they can encourage, nourish, and sustain. Our words can damage, defile, and destroy, or they can encourage, nourish, and sustain. So uh, in 12 verses here in James chapter 3, James gives six illustrations involving the tongue. We just looked at two of them, the bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder. Uh, Then immediately he talks about fire. Uh, He says this in verse 6. He says, the tongue is a fire. Right? It's a world of unrighteousness placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the whole course of life on fire. Itself is set on fire by hell. That's encouraging. Not really. Then he talks about the tongue as an animal. Uh, multiple different kind of animals. And he, he mentions poison. So seems to infer that it's actually a poisonous animal. Uh, every kind of animal, bird, reptile, fish is tamed. has been tamed by humankind. No one can tame the tongue. It's full of restless evil, full of deadly poison. And then uh, the final two, uh, he talks about a spring, and he talks about a fig tree. He says, does a spring pour out of sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can salt water spring yield fresh water. And using all this imagery, James is kind of painting some pictures for us on, on one side or the other. He said, listen, your mouth, and we find that at the end of the chapter, like you use it to bless uh, or to praise God and you use it to curse others. shouldn't be so. He's saying like, hey, this, this little thing uh, can do one of two things. It can either uh, bring life and healing. It can produce death and hurt, right? All from this little tiny thing in our mouths. And so uh, our words have the ability. Well, let's start with fire, Right? Anybody else's lawn look like it's not a lawn right now in Texas, right? I, I got nervous last night because I know what all the quote-unquote grass around my place looks like, and the neighbors in the back pasture decided they're going to pop off fireworks. And I thought, that's great. How quickly can I get everyone in the car and get out before the house catches on fire? That's a, these are the thoughts I'm having in bed, laying there at 9.30, you know, 10 o'clock. I'm kind of going over my sermon. I just begin. And it's like they're popping off the ones that do the, the sprinkly thing as they fall to the ground and light things on fire. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Luckily, we have lots of sand. I'm praying that theirs is as bad as mine, right? We know all it takes is a small spark to start a fire in conditions like this. And once a fire is started... Man, it spreads so quickly. Uh, wildfires, and I, I was reading just in California a couple years ago, um, damaged over 4 million acres. That's crazy, y'all. That's crazy. All started by just a, a spark, and, and, and it, can, it can literally destroy and damage thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, of acres. It's not much better with water. He mentions a spring. Now, that sounds refreshing until it's not ever seen the damage that floodwaters bring? 
when what used to be a small creek becomes a raging river, maybe changes course, takes entire houses off of their foundations, lays to waste everything in its path, and you go, something so beautiful. You know, we pray for rain all the time, and then you see it become that course, and you go, oh my gosh, I had no idea it was that strong, right? Uh, he talks about uh, poisonous animals, that's always fun. It could cause pain or even death. My son is watching the neighbor's uh, animals and, and he's like out there and this is so unlike the middle child. He's like feeding goats and getting eggs from chat. I'm like, what, what happened to you? you know? And so he texts me this morning like 6 o'clock, 6.15. Dad, I almost got bit by a coral snake. And I thought, <gasps> and he, he went out early in the morning, picked up the, the hose and sure enough, that's like right by his hand. He's like, oh my gosh, and it was a coral snake. You know, he's like, I had to look it up. I texted it. I checked the colors. I was like, did you go back out? And I'm not going back out there. I was like, whatever. At least you're okay. At least you're okay. Right? All of these things have the ability to cause great harm. I, I heard a story once about a lady in the church that um, thought it was her spiritual gift to share news with other people. Um, a lot of times she didn't make sure that news was accurate or right. But if she got a juicy tidbit, she felt it was her desire to pray or bless everyone else in the church. Um, so she got a juicy tidbit uh, involving church leadership and specifically a pastor, shared it with everybody she could. It wasn't anything close to true. And later was convicted and she came to the pastor and said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I've been convicted of this sin. Now, she had had other instances like this. <laughs> But this time she said, what do I need to do to make it right? And so he said, well, I need you to meet me at the top of the hill tomorrow morning and bring your pillow. So she did. She met him at the top of the hill with a pillow. And she said, why do I have to bring my pillow to the top of the hill? And he grabbed his pocket knife and he cut it open. And he shook the pillow and the feathers, uh, it's a windy day, spread all over the place. He said, if you want to make it right, all you have to do is go pick up every single feather. And she said to him, that's impossible. And his reply was, exactly. That's the power of words. You don't get them back. You can't recollect them. Despite your best efforts, the impact is made. It's done. So I just want you to know our mouths possess that kind of power. You're like, wow, what happened? Like all the, the air in the room just got sucked out, right? Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so that's, that, that's, that's the tough part. But just as equally, that little thing in your mouth can be used to bring life. So think about this with me. We'll go through the same analogy. So fire can be damaging. But you know fire control? What is that, right? What can, it can, you know, it, it can bring warmth. It can bring protection, it can bring encouragement, safety even. I mean, fire, when controlled, is how we get our sustenance, right? It's how we cook things, and, and, uh, and so it's a big thing. Same thing with a spring, right? Under control, just a nice little bubbling brook, that's awesome. Man, that's, that's life-giving, that's refreshing, that sustains me. That's something that can be cleansing to me. You know, a, a tree uh, can be shelter, it can provide food, right? That fig tree, an, an animal under control can be of great help. So the tongue are words that can be used for one or the other. 
They can either build up or they can tear down. They can bless or they can curse. They can bring life or they can bring death. That's what James is getting at, okay? Which is kind of the last point he makes in this little section. Is that as mature believers, our mouths cannot be used for both. As mature believers, our mouths cannot be used for both. So verse 9 and 10, again, we're just walking through the text this morning. I don't have you flipping a bunch of different places. He says, with the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Uh, so I, I highlighted that little phrase, should not be this way. Um, you, you would go, okay, well, well, but pastor, you said cannot be this way. Well, there's a reason why. Because the, the, the language in context is actually a lot stronger. You've got you to go on to the next verse, right? So first he says it shouldn't be this way. You, you shouldn't uh, praise God with your mouth and curse others with the same mouth. shouldn't be this way. But then listen to the illustration he provides uh, in, in verse 11 and 12. He says, does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. He's not saying it, it, it shouldn't be this way. He's actually saying it can't happen. It can't happen. And you go, wait, hold on, pastor. If it can't happen, then why does it happen in my life? Right? If it can't happen, then why do I do that? And here's the answer. It goes back to verse 2, right? In verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he's mature. And so here's what I'm going to say to you. If right now in your life you find that with your mouth you do both things, it is a sign of spiritual immaturity. It means that you are not as mature in Christ as you think you are. That's the truth. That's what it means. That may be hard to hear, but that is absolutely true. And the Bible says, hey, the call is to be mature. Right? That is, that is the goal. And so this is a sign to us. When we find ourselves doing both. Right? Bringing life, blessing, also cursing. That's a sign unto us. We're not as mature as we think we are. So what do we need to do with that? And I think there's a few things. Um, number one, we need to choose how we want to use our mouth. Just need to make a choice. You say, well, why, why, do you, why do you start there? I say start there because you've got to know, right? If you don't know, if you ignore it, Okay, you're just going to keep on doing the same things. Ultimately, you go, God, I don't know why I'm growing. I've hit a wall. I've hit a patch. I, like, I'm just, like, nothing's happening. And, and here's the deal. You've got to make a choice. Joshua said to the Israelites, choose this day whom you'll serve. Right? Just make a choice. Okay? So this is important in life. That we, we, we were faced with realities. And then when we're faced with realities, we go, okay, I don't want to be that anymore. Right? I don't, I don't want to be that anymore. Is there anybody that like really wants to be known as two-faced? Anybody? You don't really have to raise your hands. That's meant to be. Like, we don't want to be those people, right? Is there anybody that really wants to be known in the kingdom of God is, is both ways? Oh, I want to be a blesser and a curser. Yeah, right? We don't want to be those people. But the reality is that we often are. So listen, that's the reality. That's the truth. We do both. That's the truth. Okay? And with that truth comes this truth. That means that we're not as mature as we need to be. So if we want to grow and be like Jesus, we have to make a choice. We have to set something before ourselves and say, okay, I want to be this. 
I want to be this. That's who I want to be. I want to be somebody that brings life. Amen? Anybody want to bring life to others? Right? Okay. So, so you, you have to, you, you got to write it down somewhere. You got to make a choice. This is who I'll, I want to be a life bringer. I don't want to suck the energy out of the room. I, I want to bring life to people. So we start there. We have to choose how we use our mouth. Uh, second, we have to cease. Um, You'll get to the third and you'll realize that my alliteration just blew up. I couldn't do it anymore. But, but the first two, I'm using, using the same letter, so just go with that. We have to cease inflammatory speech. So what is inflammatory speech? Okay, gossip, divisiveness, uh, lying, right? Uh, tearing others down. You know, the Bible warns about coarse joking. We don't like that passage, right? So, so tearing others down just as a whole, making fun of people. We have to avoid that. Uh, we have to avoid anything that incites or escalates. Okay? In most interactions we have in life, we have an opportunity to de-escalate or to escalate and to make it worse, right? And so I have to, I have to make that choice. How do I de-escalate? How do, how do I avoid something that incites? I read this week, you know, in, in uh, Adolf Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, um, for every word in his book, Talk about inciting and, and, and the power that our words have over people. For every word in his book, 125 people lost their lives for every word in the book in World War, World War II. For every, A, 125 people. The 125 people lost their lives. For every word in his book, 125 souls were lost. It's the power of our words. Your words possess more power than you could ever imagine. More influence than you have ever given them credit for. And those words can either be used to bring about life, or they could be used ultimately to bring about death. Right? So cease the inflammatory speech. We've chosen, we've ceased. Lastly, we build up and we bless others. We build up and bless others. I'm just going to tell you this has to be intentional. Okay? Has to be intentional. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to love you enough. Uh, men in the room that have been blessed by the Lord to be husbands currently, I want to start with you. I think it starts with you. If you're the spiritual head of the household, that means you're a tone setter. Whether I like it or not, that is the case in my house. Um, I set the tone. My attitude sets the tone with my children. If I come in and I'm angry or I'm short-tempered, or like those things, I mean, it, if, if I walk in that way, you can just watch. It's like a plague that sweeps over my entire home. Absolutely true. So husbands, start with you. Make it your goal to be the biggest encourager in your home. To say more positive things to the people under your roof than you would ever even think negative things. Seriously, make it your goal. Like, write it down. Like, I, 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 like, like, every day, wake up and look for ways to compliment your wife. To raise up your children. And I don't mean raise them up with a stiff hand. I mean, raise them up and encourage them. Speak blessings over them. Right? You. Start with you. Right? So start there. Wives, guess what? Most men, they took uh, their five love language tests. Most men, if they're going to be the spiritual leaders they're, they're called to be, most men, high on their list is words of affirmation. We, we, we need, a lot of times, to be affirmed 
with your words. And specifically, us being that leader oftentimes relies on you speaking that life to us. And you go, well, doesn't that make me the leader? Well, unfortunately, a lot of times, again, we're, we're the tone setter in the house. But man, when, when my wife is speaking those words of love and encouragement over me, I am full enough to do all that I am called to do, right? So I want to challenge you with, with your kids, both of you, right? If you have kids in the house, if you, you have kids that aren't in the house, grown kids, do you know how important it is that you speak life and encouragement and blessing over them instead of criticism and tearing them down and finding their faults, right? Those things matter. They matter. They absolutely matter. And so I want to challenge you, right? Build them up. Bless them. If you do, if you do, I promise you'll see a change in your life and in theirs, all right? So I love you. I know that's not a fun sermon, right? James, by the way, if you didn't know what you were signing up for, God bless you, if you've never read the book of James, this is it, man. It, it is rubber meets the road Christianity. It is, it is faith in action, faith in work, and our faith calls us to watch the way that we speak. By the way, these are not just the words you speak uh, physically with your mouth, not just the words you speak in the walls of your home. We now live in a virtual world. This includes the way we speak with the things that we type or the things that we text or the things that we post. There is a world that is watching and you can either bring life and encouragement and nourishment or you can be a part of the problem. I pray you'll be a part of the solution. All right, guys, pray with me this morning. Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for your word. Um, I pray this week especially even... Um, right now as we're praying, Holy Spirit, that you are working in our hearts and showing us if this is something we need to correct. God, for every person here that is struggling, remind them of this great truth, is there is a steady hand available to provide direction for the rudder of our life, and his name is Jesus. We can't do it. We can't tame our tongues, but Jesus, you can. Please come and do so in our lives. Let the things we say bring life, not death. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen.